It's Divas That Care Radio, stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Divas That Care. My name is Candace Gish. If this is your very first time tuning in to us, a huge welcome. We're so excited that you've joined us. The Divas That Care now is the 13th season. We're listening to in over 30 countries around the world, and we have an amazing range of hosts and guests that have graced our network, and we're just so excited that you've now checked us out. Um, for all of our other returning listeners, thank you so much. We love that you're a part of our tribe, and it's a global tribe, uh, and uh, that you share, and you're always really supportive of all of our guests, so we really do appreciate that. All right, guys, we have a brand new diva we're going to be welcoming to our family. She is all the way calling in from Cyprus. I'm so excited about this, but she is also a Canadian. I love that. So, Yana Tori, welcome to the Divas That Care. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to be finally chatting with you. We've been trying to do this for a bit here, and now we have you on the program. Yes, finally here. <laughs> so, Yana, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Of course, yeah. So, I am Yana Tori. I'm, I am a deliverability specialist. Uh, there's not a lot of us around. And people usually ask us a lot of questions. So to summarize, I don't help people send out emails. I help people make sure that the emails they actually have sent land in the inbox or any of the other tabs that um, inboxes give. It is something that is not talked about a lot. Uh, but recently in the last, com- the last couple of years, I hear some people starting to complain, starting to realize that email is a lot more than just designing, uh, writing good content and building lists. They're realizing it's taking a lot more to to get in the inbox. So that's what I'm here for. Oh, I love that. And can I ask you why you think that's an issue and why it's become one? Oh, oh, I I could talk about this forever. Uh, The main main reason is that email is a tool that everybody uses, right? We're all sending emails no matter your age. Everybody's got an inbox. Everybody's sending and receiving emails to their friends or colleagues. And it's something that's been normalized. So we assume, you know, you know, Google, Gmail is taking care of it, Microsoft is taking care of it, or any of the tools that I'm using, like MailChimp or CakeMail and so on, are taking care of all the technical stuff. And all I need to do is think about the content, press send, and everything else is done for me. And I don't know if you remember how we used to create inboxes years and years and years ago. At the beginning, we had all these things that we had to set up, the POP, the IMAP, and so on, and we had to figure it out in order to send out the emails. And as time progressed, um, you know, Gmail came out, Hotmail came out, it started making it easier for us. So we kind of just forgot about what it takes. Like we all know how to drive cars, but we don't necessarily all know how to, you know, change our transmission. And as years progressed, spam filters have started to become a lot smarter. Back in the day, it was very white and black. You know, you're a good sender or you're using good IPs. We're going to allow your emails to land in the inbox. And now they're able to look at so many more things. They're able to make so many more calculations. So things that we were doing yesterday that were totally fine with the spam filters, if they made an update today, you might go from one day inboxing to the next day, just nothing going in the inbox. And people panic, so they're going to assume it's the tool that they're using that's creating the issues. When it's not, it's um, all about your sender reputation and what you've done all those years. 
just like your credit score, right? If you stop paying your bills uh, and you go to the bank and ask for a loan, uh, they'll say no. And in order to fix that, it'll take months or years to get that reputation back. Same thing with email. Wow, I didn't know that. So tell us, how do you help people? So usually, unfortunately, (laughs) people come to me after they realize that there are inboxing issues. And the good news here is that most of the things that the senders need to change are very basic things. They're things that we don't think about usually. And the most common denominator is people's lists. So depending on which country you're living in, so I know in the U.S., if you want to send emails to people who don't know you, you can um, do some B2B and say, hi, you know, I've got a product or I've got a service that might, I think you might be interested in. And uh, if they're interested, you know, they'll start communicating or they'll ignore you and then you go on to the next person. Uh, in other countries, uh, unsolicited emails are not exactly very legal. But the end result is that Google and Hotmail and all these inboxes have one spam filter. Their spam filters are not geo, they're not different based on where you're living and sending emails or where the person receiving emails are coming from. So they're very strict. So even if you live in a country where, you know, cold emailing might be illegal, um, the spam filters might still penalize you. And there's a lot that an inbox can figure out um, just from the list. Engagement has become extremely important, especially with the Gmail. So, for example, you have a long list of email addresses you've accumulated over the last decade, and most of the people don't really care or ignore the emails. Google is going to decide slowly who's going to be getting the emails and who isn't going to be getting the emails. And when we're thinking about email, we get very angry about it. Like, I have these contacts, I have permission, I have sent emails to them for years. Who is Google or who are these spam filters who can decide for me? But if I were to talk about social media, and I would say, you know, I put a post on LinkedIn, people liked it, therefore other people I don't know might see it. And if I put something that my own friends or my own followers don't like, then no one else will see it. We all kind of agree that that's okay. That's how the algorithms work. But when it comes to email, we get very pissed about it. Um, So it's important to think that every contact in your list, yes, it's nice to have a really big, sturdy list, but having unengaged users is going to be a big problem. And one other thing that is very uncommon knowledge is how spam complaints work. I have a lot of customers that come to me with issues and like, hey, my spam complaints are low. Um, I have consent. These are my customers. These are people who have given me their email address. I don't understand why I'm not inboxing anymore. And the um, sad part about this is that a lot of the inboxes do not provide information back of who complained. So if they don't give this information none of the tools you're using can provide that information. So you might see some Yahoo addresses complain, and you'll see that they've complained. You'll see some Microsoft complaints. But Gmail, for example, does not provide that information. So if your list, and usually people's lists are like 90% Gmail or G Suite email addresses, if any of those people complain, you'll never be notified. No one on the planet will be notified. So you can't remove them from your list. So over time, you have slowly, slowly a couple people that are complaining. If you don't ever clean out your list from unengaged users or users that just don't provide any value to your business, uh, you might accumulate those. And one day you'll wake up and you'll have a lot of issues. So 99% of the problem comes from That's lists. That's crazy. And it's, it is. It no is and it's logical, though. <laughs> yeah. I think it's but pretty it logical, but I did it. Well, but, you know, I honestly, I've never heard anybody talk about this. So to have you explain this, it's just like, it's almost like this light bulb went off in my head. It's like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. But I didn't realize that this was even a possibility. So I really love that we're chatting about this today. Yeah, I think it's, well, of course, I think it's extremely interesting. And a lot of the things that people are going are, are gonna to create issues for them are very basic things. And it's, um, if people understood how the technology worked, 
then they know how to play the game. You know, you can't play Monopoly if you don't know how to, you don't know the rules. You'll never win. And it's the same thing with email. A lot of these things that we find online are always like a surrounding, like, like don't use spammy words. Spam filters have evolved from spammy words. And if you just take the example of, you know, you have the adult industry sending out emails, you have casinos, online casinos, cryptocurrency, all these difficult industries are sending emails out to their customers and they are landing in the inbox. So why wouldn't you as a store that sells shoes be allowed to use the word buy now or purchase something today? Like none exclamation points don't make your emails land in the spam folder. Um, the spam folders have evolved beyond that. And even images, um, a lot of the, oh most of gosh. the most common spam filters can retext, so you can't hide through the tricks that we find online. You know, like make your subject line shorter. Like spam filters don't care. Make sure that you're writing things that are going to engage your customers or your your audience, because if you're making it come, you know, you're writing it in a convoluted manner. The issue is not even going to be the spam filters; it's the people They don't understand what you want them to do with that email they receive. So just focus exactly. on making the best emails. That's it. The rest just falls into place and. It's not too complicated, honestly. If you're doing all the good things, you won't have mm-hmm. any issues. So do you work with just companies or do you work in, with individuals that are like, I'm having this issue, I need to fix it, how do I do it? Oh, so I work with a variety of branches, actually. So I work with the ESP, so the MailChimps and so on, to help them uh, create create great infrastructure and also fail-safe to make sure that their customers are not abusing the systems without knowing that it's abused. Uh, I'm working with uh, companies themselves that are having issues. But anybody who owns a domain and sends a couple thousand emails a month to their customers are people I can work with. And a lot of it is knowledge sharing, because once you know how it works, then you do not need me. And that's the best the best part of this. I think it's great. How did you get into this? Because that's what I want to know. Because as I said, I'd never heard of this. So how did you decide that you wanted to be a specialist in this area? And really, what made you get into it? Oh, so um, a decade ago, uh, I had my own business and I needed to, uh, I wanted to rent an office and make it bigger. So I got myself a job in IT. That's what I studied in. And um, it was a Canadian email marketing software provider called CakeMail. Amazing company. You guys should check them out. And when I was working there, there was this uh, guy that had this really weird job that, of course, nobody knew about. I didn't know about it. We never heard about it before. And uh, the thing that caught my attention was, you know, as a company that owns a product, um, we have, you know, we know what we're going to be working on months ahead. You know, we have all these features that are in the roadmap. And GDPR came out, all these like Castam, Castle, GDPR came out. And he got up one day and said, we need to do this so we can remain compliant. And the whole company just decided, okay, fine, like, let's bye-bye roadmap. We're creating a new one. And that's what caught my attention. And when I started, I was very lucky. He was sitting right behind me. started talking to him to understand a little bit more. And uh, that was it. I just fell in love with it. Everything changes. You know, spam filters change on a daily basis. I thought it was the most exciting thing. And the unfortunate news is that it's not a very common uh, job. Uh, everybody who's ever been in deliverability or an actual email geek has become one by being around another one. It, it's the most huh. fantastic thing. <laughs> so I I, I'm trying yeah. to spread out the word, but it's pretty interesting. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I just, I just get so excited. I'm just really, this is really cool. And I can think of so many people that would love to do something like this. Of course. And it, anybody can learn. Honestly, it, it's all based with logic 
It's based on just being aware, uh, being surrounded with the people who know the things. You know, so if I have a customer who has a problem and I'll figure out, oh, this is the kind of update I can kind of guess or reverse engineer what update the spam filter has done, then we can share it. And we're not a lot of people. All the email geeks, we all know each other. There's a lot of people that were good friends and I've never met them in person. Just because the community is so small, uh, we don't have a choice. It's not something that people talk about. The biggest news about email was two years ago when Apple made that change and everybody kind of panicked about open rates. And if you had asked any email geek out there, like, what do you think about this? We would have been like, eh, not, a, not a big change. Open rates have never been a good metric to follow on a standalone metric since the beginning of email marketing. It's never been a good metric. But Apple came out and said, we're making changes, and the whole world panicked. That was the biggest news about email after the laws coming out, you know? So I think really? it's something people should know about. So, okay, so you're saying that you guys talk a lot and you kind of get together. How does somebody that's perhaps listening to a program like this how do they, you know, perhaps get into contact with you or learn about how to get into this industry? Oh, it's, it's fairly easy. So we call ourselves the email geeks. So if you find anybody uh, with that um, under their name, they are one of the big community of email. We're not that, not that many people. And just by following and reading what they're writing, because we write a lot, we talk a lot, um, we're constantly sharing information that is, coming from the inboxes directly, coming from, you know, being the people who are able to send out the emails. Um, it's the easiest way. And we're all very nice. If you ever send me a message on LinkedIn, I'm more than happy to uh, get on a call and just geek out about email. Uh, because if more people <laughs> knew, it. more people would uh, w- would make better decisions. And we would also, it would make my life a lot easier because every customer that comes in, it always starts with, you know, some kind of arguments, right? All these things that they believed about email are just not true. And they've made decisions based on them. And there's this, you know, random Canadian girl lost in Europe that's telling them the opposite of everything they believed in. Uh, so if more people knew, I'd have, it'd be a lot easier <laughs> to deal with customers at the beginning. Probably I wouldn't need to have customers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I can't wait to share this with all of our tribe because I really do believe that everybody's going to be like me. What? I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. And because it's so different and, and it's not a conversation that I've ever had on the Divas at Care. And we've been doing this for 13 years now. So Yana Tori, I am just beyond excited that we're having this conversation today. Oh, I'm so happy. It's nice to, to be able to geek out about this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love geeks. I just love it. <laughs> and you can come back on the Divas That Care anytime you want if you want to share more with us. Of course. Definitely. We'd love that. So tell me, what else is going to be happening in your life? I know you're very busy. You are a Canadian, but you've been traveling the world. Why did you decide to do that? Um, so because email is not something that is, you know, only on our <laughs> continent, um, I was getting some customers that were in Europe. I, I'm, my parents are Greek. I'm lucky enough to have a Greek passport as well. Uh, so I was a little bit tired of waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to be able to help customers. So I decided that being in Europe, it would be a lot easier to deal with both time zones because I have the Europeans awake in the morning and the Americans slowly wake up uh, in the afternoon so I can take care of most of my customers. And it was it's great as well for events. There are a lot of uh, email, like really email dedicated events in Europe. So it's a lot easier to travel from within Europe than, you know, overseas. Uh, so, and it's fun. I mean, who doesn't want to <laughs> be able to live somewhere I, else? Exactly. Why not travel the world and do what you want to do and, and have fun doing it? Exactly. I agree. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I love this. I'm so glad that we were introduced and having you on today's program. All right, 
Is there anything that you would love to share with our listeners, any other maybe tips or tools? It's one of the things that we love to do with the Deep Set Care is to inspire and empower as many people as we can in our program. So is there something you'd love to share with us? Definitely. So for anybody who's sending a couple thousand emails uh, in a month, um, email does have its own credit score kind of tool. Uh, every inbox has their own. Not everyone provides it, but one very interesting tool is Google Postmaster. And it takes you like five minutes to set it up. It's totally free. And it's the equivalent of like the Google's Equifax. So they'll let you know what they think of your sender reputation. If it's green, less than 10% of your emails may be landing in spam, so between 90 and 100. If you have a medium reputation, you got a good 10 to 90% of emails that may be landing in the inbox. So even though it's a you know yellow-orange color, you should still figure out what you need to fix. Uh, in order to get it, because I don't like that ratio. You know, it can either be 10% of my emails inboxing or 90% of them. I don't like that. And then it keeps going down. And it makes it very easy every time you send an email to a couple thousand people at a time, they'll give you that reputation. So you keep an eye on it, right? We all pay for Equifax to get our credit score. We don't necessarily need to look at it every day, but we should be looking at it periodically. Just because um, before you, unless there's like something huge happening, you know, you uploaded a list or you sent an email 10 times uh, by mistake in the same day, the spam filters can be, are very nice. They'll allow you certain mistakes. So when you start seeing things going south, you want to be able to fix anything. And the first thing you fix is remove any unengaged person in your list. You know, if you're selling mattresses and somebody bought a mattress yesterday, don't send them another email. It's not worth it. Uh, put them on the side, resegment, and you'll see that reputation go up. And um, it's always important to, to know what is happening. So that would be the best thing to try out. If not, you have these things called seed listing tests. And what you do is you sign up to this product. So you can go to Email Console, for example. You sign up, and we give you a list of email addresses. You send your campaign as if they were your subscribers. And we'll let you know how many of those emails are in the inbox and spam or were completely blocked. So that gives you a good idea who likes you. Does Gmail like you? Does Microsoft like you enough to accept the emails in the inbox? And from there, you can start investigating and see what you need to fix. And it's always better to do it before than after when you realize that you're losing a lot of money yes. from your, your mailing program. You want to be aware constantly before. Because it's a lot easier to fix your credit score when you're losing like a couple of points than when you're, you know, in the 200s and then you have to like beg the banks, like, I make enough money, I can buy a house, I promise. <laughs> it's, too, it's too late. So you want to make sure that you're always aware, you know. That's the biggest problem and, and that's the, the sad part. That's why it's so sad when customers come to me and it's always, when they realize it's a problem. And if they realize it's a problem, it's affecting revenue. That's how they realize. Um, it's always better to be aware and make sure that you're not, there's no issues going on. Wow. I had, honestly, I had no idea that having contacts that you couldn't keep them, that there wasn't a reason why just to build up your contact list because, you know, there's, yeah. I do, I'll be honest with you, I have a personal email and then I have my business one and, you know, I kind of try to keep them separate and in my personal email, there's there's some, been some people in there and I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to them in a long time because obviously I use Facebook and other things that I chat with them. I'm like, oh, they're just sitting there but now I'm thinking like, maybe they shouldn't be in there because that's obviously a detriment to my my scoring, Yes, exactly. And we don't think about it because it makes sense, right? These people are customers. They, you know, they randomly want to see your products and so on. And that's yeah. the unfortunate part. The samples are getting so smart that there's this big divide. These big companies that can afford to pay people like me in-house to constantly monitor and make sure everything is okay. And then you have the flip side, businesses that send millions of emails but have no idea 
about the things that I talk about, and then wow. it becomes a problem. And they, sh- I mean, they're big enough that you would assume <laughs> that they wouldn't have issues, but no. So there's a big divide. All these people are not getting their emails in the inbox, and we're looking at all these brands that are actually spamming us, right? Like we have these companies mm-hmm. that are sending us emails on a daily basis, and they're able to inbox. So we assume, well, I can do the same thing. And, and you can't when you don't have somebody that's taking care of everything, you know, and monitoring this so closely. So thank you. biggest thing you can do. <laughs> biggest thing you can do. But I want our listeners to be able to get a hold of you because I honestly, I think that there's a lot, there's a few people out there that I can even think of right now that would, <laughs> would benefit just talking to you and setting up and having you do things for them because I know that they don't have the time and they would love to work with somebody like you. So how else can they get a hold of you? Um, the easiest way is through LinkedIn. I am very active. People know this. Uh, anybody can talk to me. There's no solicitation whatsoever. Uh, I'm just I'm just there to talk about email and spread the good word <laughs> about email deliverability. Um, if not, you can always send me an email to fwd at dianatory dot com with your questions. But I'm 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 open to talking to everybody. Everybody everybody knows that I talk a lot about email. So at least this time I don't have to do it with people I know. It can be <laughs> with people who want to learn something new. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, Yonatar, today. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Oh, my gosh. It was my pleasure. And I do honestly hope that you come back on the Divas That Care again soon so that we can have another conversation. Definitely. Perfect. And you know what? A big shout out to all of our listeners. Make sure you take this call. I, honestly, I'm going to be posting all of Yonatori's information on our social media so that all of you can go and check her out. You've got to go see her website. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, it talks about her services and things that she does too. So I want you to go check that out. And then take this podcast and send it to your friends and family. As you're probably feeling right now, you didn't know. I didn't know. And I think we need to share the word out there about emails and making sure that all of our stuff, especially the important ones, right, are being getting to the right people. So thank you again, Yana Tori. Thank you to all of our listeners. And remember to do something kind today. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.